0: Welcome to another episode of the Do Hard Things Podcast. I'm your host, J.T., Certified High Performance Coach, Transformational Mindset Coach. And in this episode, I kind of want to talk about the events that are happening in Afghanistan. So, uh, I recorded this episode on 22 August 21, and right now we are reeling with um, some pretty devastating news. And as a veteran, I... who Who... I've given my life of service last 25 years uh, to my life in service of this great nation. And it's been very, very difficult to, to watch what's happening. And I have, you know, tried to put pen to paper and make a, make a social media post, type some things out. And I'm finding myself typing things out and then deleting. And it's, it's ultimately just very difficult to process and communicate the myriad of feelings that I have. So as I'm thinking, they're like, how can I contribute my thoughts and feelings in a positive way? Well, I reached out to Sergeant Major Mike Burke, who a previous guest on this short lived podcast, but who's deployed six times in Afghanistan, who is very much in line with what we're doing here in the do hard things podcast is always in pursuit podcast and his mindset. Like we're simpatico in our, in our mindset and how we view life. And I'm like, it would be great to have a great conversation with him about this topic and maybe give, cause I know a lot of veterans are out there struggling with the emotions that they're feeling. So, so many emotions, disappointment, sadness, anger, rage, regrets, shame, Guilt, questioning their service and their contribution. And what I wanted to do is bring on someone where we could have a discussion about how do we navigate our emotions from what we're watching on TV and not discount our service because so many service members right now are in are, their families are just reeling with this issue. So we have a great in-depth conversation about uh, about how we're navigating our emotions with the events that are happening on TV. And I think it's incredibly important for veterans to have this difficult conversation. And I hope that this, this conversation is of benefit uh, to you and anyone out there that you may know. So please, if you... F- the conclusion of listening to this podcast if you have found any form of benefit from it please subscribe share leave a review please reach out to me or Sergeant Major Mike Burke on social media and let them know what you thought of the episode and share it with someone that may need to listen to the message today Mike Burke is the host of the Always in Pursuit podcast he is the sergeant he's the command sergeant major of the First Security Forces Assistance Brigade and he has served for 23 years in the United States Army. He's been on 14 deployments, six of those to Afghanistan. He served 16 years in the 75th Ranger Regiment and was selected and served as the 33rd Regimental Command Sergeant Major of the 2nd Cavalry Regiment. He's the father of four children. He's married to Sarah Burke, and Michael Zerstam earned a master's degree in organizational leadership. He was the creator and founder of the popular Kill Tank Radio podcast. And like I said earlier, he's now the current host of the Always in Pursuit podcast, which is one of my favorites. And if you you like my podcast, please go subscribe and support his podcast because he's doing some great things over there. I love his guest, and I love his... uh, uh, We just, we collaborate really well together and very like-minded. So uh, like I said, if you appreciate this podcast, please go support his. He's a regular contributor on the popular blog titled, From the Green Notebook, Founder of the Always in Pursuit Mindframe, and Three Concepts into a Strategy. And we have a great conversation on this very topic. So without further ado, let's get into the interview. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Do Hard Things Podcast. Today, I have the honor and privilege of having Command Sergeant Major Mike Burke back on. He's a previous guest who's back on again. And the reason I wanted to have Mike on is because in this current time, it today, it is uh, 22nd of August, 2021. There's a lot going on in the news right now. And it's it, uh, to be honest, as uh, someone that's spent the last 25 years in, in service, uh, it's been very difficult to watch the events unfolding in Afghanistan. And I wanted to bring uh, Command Sergeant Major Mike Burke on to talk about his experiences in Afghanistan. And ultimately, I don't want to get to the politics of what's going on right now, but I just want to speak to... Uh, how to, as, as someone that served in uniform, there's so many veterans right now that are, um, there's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of people thinking that their service was for not. And I just wanted to kind of talk to Mike about his experience in Afghanistan and his point of view from his service, my service. So we'll talk about maybe some of the psychological aspects of how do we detach from our anger a little bit and, and just recognize that our service was worthwhile and it did have an impact despite everything else that's, that's going on in the news. So Mike, would you just uh, briefly introduce yourself to our guests once again? And thanks for coming back again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jay, you know, you know, I'm a big fan of the of the podcast. So being able to come on for a second time, I'm, I'm pretty honored, you know, uh, Habitual Offender. It's a, it's an amazing podcast. I appreciate everything you're doing too. You know, we're talking a little bit before the episode, uh, before we started recording and, you know, you just living this lifestyle and you're recording it, you're recording your journey. Like it's just a beautiful thing. So, you know, and, and right in line with that is talking about this, you know, this is a current event and you know, this is uh, something that's captivating a, a lot of different people, uh, which actually, just in that alone, is actually a oh goodness that people are paying attention to this. Yeah. Um, because let's just be honest, you know, the the interest and the the coverage and the the conversation of things going on in Afghanistan has not been as relevant in the last ten years. Uh, despite the fact that, you know, fighting has continued and, you know, soldiers have continued to deploy for the last 10 years, uh, you know, it's kind of taken a a, a backseat to a lot of different things. So I think there's some kind of goodness in that, you know, and that's kind of, that's one way to definitely look at it. Uh, but, you know, just a little bit of a, you know, intro for myself. Yep. Um, you know, I got 23 years of service. Uh, I'm still currently in, I'm, uh, I work at a first security forces assistance brigade uh, for Benning, Georgia, uh, most of my career, I spent a second range battalion over in JBLM, uh, where, you know, I did all the deployments actually, you know, I did eight to Iraq and six to Afghanistan. Uh, the first one to Afghanistan was in 2002. The last one was in 2016. So, um, you know, and then I spent some time over in second Cavalry regiment over in Vilsack, Germany, um, did my, uh, Squadron time and brigade sergeant major time over there. And then, you know, I had a couple of different stints. You know, I taught at ROTC for a couple of years and obviously went to the sergeant major academy down in Fort Bliss. Um, you know, so just, you know, before we kind of dive into this, you know, just a couple of things, you know, I do, I do want to kind of talk about. They're not necessarily disclaimers, but understand that, you know, I haven't been deployed to Afghanistan uh, since 2016, um, nor has CENTCOM really been my focus. You know, when I was in Europe, Europe it was UCOM. Um, that was my focus, you know, that was what we were focusing on operationally. And then coming since coming to, uh, first SVAB, you know, now, uh, South America has been my focus. So, you know, I don't necessarily have the most relevant, you know, of what was going on on the, you know, on the ground leading up to, you know, kind of the last four years is 2016 is obviously the last time I went over there. So, um, but yeah, so that's, you know, just a little bit about me. That's kind of some, you know, initial thoughts. Um, Jane, I know you wanted to talk about the mental aspect of it, and uh, I'll throw, you know, just right out. I, you know, when things started transpiring a couple of weeks ago, I started getting inundated with a lot of, of phone calls, um, text messages, messages, you know, on different kind of, you know, platforms and, you know, emails and everything else. People saying the exact same thing that you know, you said, you know, was my service for a waste? You know, what the hell is going on? You know, um, you know, how could this happen? All these different kind of things. And if I'm being completely honest, for about the first week, I was so busy dealing with other people's, you know, mental health and answering their questions and talking them through a lot of different things, aligning them with resources. And then finally, you know, I just I got on Instagram. Uh, one night, you know, I did the Instagram live and I talked to, a, you know, a few different people, Um, not a lot of people dialed in, but, and I invited a couple of people up, you know, and I, I made them, you know, I shared the live with them and they voiced some of their frustration. And then we talked about that and we worked through that. And it so it really wasn't until, you know, probably six or seven days later, um, you know, when really things started to kind of hit the fan, you know, shit hit the fan over there that all of a sudden I was like okay, now what am I thinking? You know, and it was actually prompted by my wife. She's like, are you okay? And I really, (laughs) I mean, I guess that's sometimes just the burden of leadership. I hadn't really thought about it. Um, You know, I was focusing on other people. And uh, what I realized was, man, I was pissed too. I mean, I was frustrated. Um, I was struggling as, as well you know, like, was my service, you know, what the hell have I dedicated most of my adult life to, which is combating this extremist, you know, organization in this, you know, in these other countries, you know, protecting, you know, the American interest, protecting the soldiers to my left and right, you know, and taking care of them and doing all those things that are, you know, we do as leaders, you know, was it, what was it for, you know, for a couple of weeks of stability, as soon as we pulled out, you know, and, uh, you know, I definitely battled with that as well. Um, Now, like I do when I battle with, you know, different things, I started writing about it. You know, I started, you know, writing out my thoughts and, you know, thinking kind of through those different things. And I just came down to, you know, something very simple, which was, you know, what can I control and, you know, what can I do and what, where should I be focusing on? As far as this goes, and uh, you know, I think it, it, the the common tagline that I would say is is what I think we need to focus on right now is is helping people, you know, in two different buckets, helping people that are struggling coming to terms with what's happening in Afghanistan. You know, veterans that have served over there, but it's not just veterans. You know, there's civilians as well. There's civilians that have never worn a uniform in their life that have spent significant parts of their life in Afghanistan. Um, And, you know, many, many different facets, you know, just as dedicated and doing a lot of the same things that, you know, military folks were doing as well, Um, you know, so reaching out to those people and helping those and then also finding, you know, agencies that are trying to help those people in Afghanistan, um, especially the people that helped us for so long, you know, and getting them visas and getting them out of country. Um, because it's it's so volatile over there right now that a lot of them are just struggling even to get to the airport so they can be evacuated. Or when they do get to the airport, the lines are so long, you know, and it's just people are just trying to kind of sort through it that, that they're really having a tough time kind of trying to get out of the country. And a lot of those people are in serious danger because of how much support and aid they they offered us, you know, during the war.
0: Yeah, it's it's been difficult to process the feelings that I have because this is all unfolding over the last week. And it's, it's deeply, I I just see it on social media. It's deeply affecting those that have sacrificed. You said we're approaching 20 years on the anniversary of nine 11. People have devoted their entire careers. There's, there are people that have served and their children have deployed and served in this conflict. And it's deeply affecting the families and the entire military community uh, in in so many negative ways, and you know the images of the crowds of people on the runway surrounding the C seventeen. I mean, those those are ingrained like that's that's hard to unsee. Uh, you know, people falling off. Uh, could you imagine just being so desperate to get out of a situation that you're willing to cling on to a, a jet that is taxiing down the runway for takeoff? I can't even imagine the the desperation and those. Images are are absolutely uh, desperate, and then you see the images of the Chinooks, you know, evacuating the U.S. Embassy. It, it looks like Saigon. I can't even imagine what the Vietnam uh, veterans are are thinking as they see all of this. So, and I know in my heart of hearts that this is not the. I mean, missions sometimes they fail, and obviously this is not the way. The the planning of all of this, it's obviously something fell through the crack. This is not how we intentionally operated. It's hard to watch and it makes it even worse seeing these types of images. Um, You know, so many people invested so much in this campaign. Many have sacrificed. So many people have been wounded. We've lost thousands of soldiers in this endeavor. Uh, People pay the ultimate price. We've invested billions of dollars. It is so difficult to see this unfold. And, we, but we just need to recognize that it wasn't all for not and that's the what that's really what i want to talk about in in this is that despite seeing things unfolding the way they are it wasn't for not uh you know we we did connect with most of the the of what we did there uh you know was was not just in kabul but in 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 uh a lot of the rural areas and we we're talking to people we've made a lot of uh, great connections. I, I see interviews with with Afghani uh, nationals that have stayed there, or they've come to the states and came back. We made an impact on those individuals, and despite you know the the outcome of governance, uh, we did make an impact on 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 individuals. And I know that there's a lot of feelings of disappointment and sadness and anger and rage and regret and shame and and guilt a lot of these negative feelings, but we did make an impact. And we all, I think we all knew that we weren't going to be in Afghanistan forever. Seeing this happen and unfold the way it is, is very difficult to watch. But how do you think that we move on from this? How do you think that we, you, you, you describe that you were so busy with, uh, helping other people. And, and I I appreciate when you're in a leadership position, you know, that's what you're focused on. You're focusing on, you know, uh, your, your subordinates and all the people. And then sometimes we fail to check in on ourselves, but you, you realize that, Hey, you were struggling yourself a little bit. I think we all are in some capacity. Uh, So I guess my question is, how are you, how are you how are you feeling at this this moment and aside I will appreciate the fact that you have an outlet for journaling what else are you doing to keep yourself focused on the task at hand Yeah you know, you
1: this wasn't a you know a decision made by you know any me or any of the, my peers you know this was made by you know higher higher politicians you know and we just have to understand that we can't control that and no amount of anger is going to change the fact of, of what's happened. You know, it's, it's just not, um, and that can be frustrating. And, you know, I, I love the fact that you highlighted some of the historical, you know, kind of parallels, you know, from Saigon, uh, people clung, clinging to, you know, the side of the aircraft or, you know, trying to crawl up underneath, you know, into the wheel wells and everything else, and ultimately falling from the planes. I mean, you you know, you talked about it's disturbing, but, and I don't, You know, want to make it even worse, but seeing bodies fall from an airplane and then in my mind, thinking about the images of people leaping to their deaths from the World Trade Center and the correlation between the two. I mean, holy shit, like there's I mean, they're just they're the same, you know, now why they're doing it is different. You know, the people in the World Trade Center realizing that they're going to die. They're going to burn a life. The building's going to collapse, you know, whatever was in their final moments, making the decision they'd rather control the outcome and, you know, jump to their death. Um, and then, you know, you have the people that would maybe by some sheer, you know, hope they can, you know, get into the aircraft and then, you know, be flown to safety. Uh, but. You know that wasn't likely. You know because they're outside the aircraft and it's taken off. You know and it's you know going to reach six hundred miles an hour there. You know and then you know high altitudes. There's no 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 chance of survival. Um, it's unbelievable, man. Those that's so difficult to not only think about but to see. You know it's it's a it's really really a terrible thing. You know so what am I doing? Well, one I'm just continually reaching out to people and as I see things on social media. I see comments made, um, you know, I see posts, you know, um, when I see a lot of anger, I see a lot of frustration, I see a lot of despair um, from, you know, service members or family members or whoever it might be, um, you know, I just call them and, you know, have that conversation or I reach out to them, shoot them a, mess, a message and say, hey, let's talk. Uh, because at the end of the day, that's, that's, that's what we need to do. We need to be there for each other. Um, and then, you know, at the same time, we've just got to continue to prepare ourselves, you know, whether we're in uniform or not, Um, you know, if what history has taught us one thing is, is that, you know, it's, it's just going to continuously be a volatile times, you know, we're always going to have issues, you know, there's always going to be people that are going to want to bring us harms, um, harm because of our way of life, you know, that we are free, you know, we want, you know, we have freedom in this country and people just don't realize quite what that means. But, you know, just go back to the people on the plane, you know, risking death, clinging to the side of a, you know, a jet to tr- in the hopes of being able to have freedom. Um, And most of us, you know, that live in this country just completely take that for granted on the daily basis. So, you know, not forgetting that. And then also at the same time, you know, just kind of like going back and let's, let's really, really, be honest with ourselves, you know, and I, and this is kind of you know a little bit of a shot. And I'm not trying to necessarily throw throw shade, but why did we go to Afghanistan in the first place? We went to make the Taliban pay for what they did to our country. Did we do that? Yeah, we did. We did it really, really well. Uh, we did it for a long time um, in that country and many other countries. You know, we absolutely did. And then, you know, for the average soldier, did I deploy the first time necessarily for, you know, national strategy and everything else? Did I even really know what that meant back then? And then through the years? No, not necessarily. It was. Yes. okay, it was a little bit, you know, I deployed, you know, with the second cohort uh, into Afghanistan, you know, in 2002 for the 75th Range Regiment. Really, what it was at the end of the day was about the the people to my left and my right and my soldiers, the, the, the people that I was in charge of, the people that I was fighting along with, uh, you know, day in and day out. That is actually really what it was about. And the question I just have to ask myself is, did I do that job? Did I protect people? And I did, you know, and I continued to train them, you know, and I prepared them for future conflicts and their future positions as they continue to deploy. And up until a year ago. People that I'd trained, people that I'd mentored um, in and out of the 75th Ranger Regiment were still deploying to Afghanistan and doing the different things in there. And I continually did that job. Now, was that perfect? Was it great? Well, I don't know, you know, but I, I think I had some kind of impact and I had some piece in that. And I did that job very, very well. And so did so many others. So many other veterans, you you know, you answered the call when many mo- won't or didn't. Uh, you deployed. You went to Afghanistan, you went to Iraq um, and you did, you know, what was required of you, you know, you protected yourself, you protected the, you know, the soldiers to your left and your right. Um, or if you were in any kind of leadership position, you did that and you should be honored by that. You know, you should be thankful for that and you should be thankful for your service. And, you know, the the national strategy, you know, that happened and the way that things kind of, you know, unfolded, that wasn't in up to any of us anyway. We weren't going to make making that decision. You know, and um, so we can't really kind of get into the weeds about that. And, you know, the other thing, and you even said it, Jay, was we're going to be there for another 20, 30, 40 years. And in what capacity? Well, not in the same capacity that we have been, you know, the last 20 years. There, You know, a natural kind of um, retrograde and, you know, pullout was necessary uh, for a lot of different reasons. And that was that was the plan. And that was a plan that was executed. You know, and the one thing I can talk about is is and I just, you know, I, I think the media, you know, is is highlighting this picture and putting out this picture that just one day all the Americans got on the plane and left. That's not how that happened. Okay. And and the other thing is, is the Americans did not just pull out of bases and leave a bunch of shit behind. There was some, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm sure there was equipment, but a lot of that stuff was sent back. A lot of it was stuff that we're seeing, and we're seeing in the news. That was part of the Afghan army. That was part of the Afghan, you know, police force, and you know the special mission units and everything else. That's the equipment that they purchased. You know, that obviously, it's American equipment because we're Americans training them. You know, in, in, in ways, you know, to to fight the war. That's where a lot of that equipment came from. So it's not like all of a sudden, you know, just one day the Americans just left. It's been a process. I would argue over the last 10 years since the last surge, you know, we've been actively pulling and closing bases and, uh, you know, war basing or turning them over to the Afghan partners uh, for a long time. You know, I remember deploying in 2016 and we were having these conversations when we would sit down to do planning sessions uh, with our partners that we were working with. Part of that conversation was is, you know, what's a long-term strategy here and what how are you going to keep things going when we eventually leave because we will eventually leave and also at the same time understand that not every american left and the plan was not for every American to leave um what was unplanned was how quickly things just kind of fell and toppled and uh you know how many units and organizations just you know uh turned over arms and you know fled or you know, join the other side. That was not expected in the volume that it was, um, and that's the part that is the you know the reason that we're seeing some of the things that we're seeing. Uh, but you know, I did uh, I seen uh, I seen something posted. Not that I'm a big you know believer in social media and everything that's on social media is factual, uh, but General uh, Scott Miller uh, he responded to. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, and I can't remember necessarily what he what his position was. But basically, what he said was, "Don't listen to everything that you're seeing in the media. There's people on the ground that are sorting through the chaos. Let them do their job. And there are there's a lot of people, a lot more people than um, you know people really kind of recognize that are sorting through the chaos and trying to figure things out. And also at the same time, there are people, Afghani's and you know other individuals that are over there that are manning resistance." that are you know setting up safe havens uh, for you know afghanis and also um, you know mounting you know preparing to you know do counter attacks against the taliban you know and a lot of that stuff just not communicated but it's not just everybody you know is has given up in the taliban fc's you know complete control there are pockets of resistance and there are pockets that are, you know are going to continue to fight uh the taliban
0: that's the one thing about The media, you've got to take everything with a grain of salt because it is designed to induce anger and emotion. And just think of every headline that has been happening over the last couple of years. They do a really, really good job of that. Just look at the just the angst that our country is in. So you gotta take, like you said, you gotta take everything with a with a grain of salt when you watch the, the media. It's not showing or portraying, especially. In small clips, you're not seeing the the detail behind. You know, where's this equipment at? What? Why is it there? You're seeing all of this anger-inducing. You know, yeah, you know, trail just to get everyone pissed off.
1: Yeah, you know, and and that's what sells in the media. And you know, and there's another thing that I want to highlight on this. You know, and I want to highlight for you know, you you know, your audience, and obviously, you know, other audiences to listen to this as well is look where you're getting your information. Okay. And the individual that you're getting their information. Okay. I'm, you know, everybody that, you know, has listened probably, you know, to your previous episode with me, you know, and then always, you know, listen to always in pursuit. I'm a, I listen to a lot of podcasts from a lot of different people. And I'm, you know, I've listened to a few that have been done on this topic. And I'm looking at the individuals that are hosting the podcast, you know, or having the individuals that they have it on in the podcast. And I'm like, Why is anybody listening to this person? I mean, like, no offense. I Come on, man. Like, what do you actually know? You got out of the Army as a young sergeant 16 years ago. And and since then, you've never had any working with the DOD. Your basis of information is literally the Internet. You don't have any real world experience that's not a decade and a half old. Those are not the experts just because somebody served in Afghanistan. And I even led with that. I haven't been there since 2016. Most of the information that I have is just like everybody else's information. Now I do know a few other individuals that, you know, um, so I'm privy to a little bit more information just, you know, because of the uniform, but then also because of past experiences and stuff. But I'm not going to sit here and say I'm an expert in 2021 Afghan policy because I'm not, you know, and I, you know, people need to understand that. Because, and Jay, you know, I know you and I have talked about this. There's this echo chamber that exists on social media. And wherever you start going and wherever threads you start pulling, narrative you're looking for, you're searching for in and out of social media, it's going to continue to feed you in that information that's just going to keep you in that echo chamber. So you've got to make sure, and this is something that I spend a lot of time doing, is that I'm reaching out as far as I possibly can to just completely different views, completely different angles, so that I can make sure that I remain balanced. Because Because, you know, otherwise, I'm just going to, hey, if I want to stay in this, this chamber of anger at the government, you know, Afghanistan's hopeless, it's just going to completely become a Taliban safe haven again, and we're going to be back where we are man, I can just dive into that, search into that, comment on that, on, you know, other threads that exist with on social media and boom, I'm there, you know, but there's a lot of these people that are on social media, um, you know, know, let's just be honest, that are hosting podcasts that don't have any business talking about what they're talking about. Um, And people need to kind of sort through the bullshit just because somebody's saying something that you maybe agree with doesn't mean they're the right people to be saying it. So sorry, that's a little bit of a tangent, but I I just see a lot of it and I'm like, oh my gosh, like these people are are controlling the narratives for a lot of people and they're they're influencing these people. And quite frankly, just they don't need to be at all.
0: Yeah, I I very much, if I have an opinion about something, I do try to have conversations with people from opposite points of view, which is very difficult because, like you said, a lot of people are just spewing talking points. When I think, but I, I legitimately want to understand the mindset and the thinking of that person, and maybe the resources, so I can go look at it myself, so I can make a better educated decision on my positioning on that. And it's so very difficult to do nowadays. It requires some level of work because so many people are just spouting talking points from their influencer, <laughs> you know, of whoever that may be, whether it be the media or someone on social media or their favorite TikTok star or whoever, <laughs> celebrity, whatever, you know, and there's so many people that have no experience, no base of knowledge of what they're talking about um, project. They have great influence. And so many people are just regurgitating that. And it's so frustrating.
1: Yeah. Um, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it's, it's, Easy to be misguided too. Yes, um, because people become very, very popular. You know, there's a there's a book that's over my left shoulder, and I won't highlight it because I don't want to throw shade. Um, but it's just a whole shitload of theory. It's actually not a lot of application. You know, there's actually not not a lot. You yeah, know you're sitting there staring. You're trying to figure out which one it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you got, a but, of, you got a bunch of books up there. I can't see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, But, uh, you know, my point is, is that, but it's a very, very popular author that people just absolutely love. And I I actually, you know, I even quote, you know, I use some of the stuff that, you know, he, he talks about, but at the end of the day, what's the actual facts, what's the actual application and theory is great. And theory can, when put into action, you know, put into situations, you know, there can be a lot of goodness that comes out of it. But people can just be completely misguided because of the popularity of individuals. And that's where people just, you know, they, you know, with this current situation with Afghanistan and I would encourage all veterans, you know, reach out and have hard conversations, reach out and find people that know what's actually going out, uh, going on in the, uh, going on in the world by, you know, firsthand knowledge. You know, one of the organizations uh, that I just shared, uh, is by getting Tim, uh, Timothy Torres. Okay. Uh, Master Torres. Uh, you know, he, uh, well, reti- he was previously Master Torres, but, uh, anyway, he started a organization. It's called, uh, uh, the voice of two nations. All right. And, uh, they just launched their website. They were, he's been talking to, to me for a little while. You know, he was tossing around some ideas, uh, you know, probably for about the five or six months. And then, uh, you know, it completely changed directions because of everything that transpired of what that organization was going to be doing. And he is basically not only trying to provide aid and help people um, in Afghanistan, but then he also has people that he's developed relationships with. Obviously, he deployed a lot uh, with the 75th Range Regiment. That's where I know him from. But then also he did a ton of diplomatic work uh, in Afghanistan over the last you know, 10 years. Um, so he's working with people on the ground to provide factual information to things that are going on. And he's doing a phenomenal, phenomenal job with that. And They're trying to kind of get their legs under because they were going one direction with the the, the organization and then they decided to kind of pinwheel because of everything happening. So they're trying to kind of figure that stuff out. But in the days to come, weeks to come, and months to come, they're going to be putting out phenomenal information that's actually from the ground and actually what's going on in Afghanistan. So I encourage everybody to look them up.
0: Yeah, we we definitely. Um, it's so, like you said, so difficult to filter out the anger-inducing content to to actually know what's going on, so we can make a better-educated decision. And 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 I guess what I wanted to speak to a little bit on this during this podcast is <clears throat> anger and frustration. And you've mentioned it a couple times. I wanted to talk about controlling our emotions a little bit. It doesn't serve us to stay angry and frustrated. And, and let's. What, what is anger and frustration? Well, in the dictionary, anger is, or, or annoyance, by it's basically our own ability, it's our own inability to achieve something or change something by our own ability. It's, it's basically wanting to control something that we have no control over. And oftentimes we get frustrated and we get angry and then we get pissed off at the world. And in no way has anger or frustration when i think about all the times of my life when has it ever truly served me to ruminate in frustration and anger it just amplifies it just there's no positive outcome but it's so difficult to control right it's yeah, it's, absolutely. it's it's a it's a natural emotional mm-hmm. response and when i find myself getting angry or frustrated that, that's the great human dynamic is we have these emotions for a reason. But the more that I've engaged in personal development through reading, podcast, coaching, having conversations with great people, I have more tools in my toolkit to pivot because I know that when I'm angry and frustrated, I tend to want to lash out. You want to have internet arguments. You want to <laughs> just, you're, not, you're, you're not on your A game. You're not your best self. And as a leader in the military, I've learned that I've got to be able to control my emotions. And that's why I'm a real big fan of like stoicism is being able to detach. You have that emotional response. It's a natural instinct, uh, but being able to pivot. And what I appreciated early, like early in the podcast, you mentioned, like, I asked you, like, how are you dealing with this? Well, one of your outlets is journaling and writing your thoughts down. And now what I have learned I used to laugh at people that did that. I would say 10 years ago, I'd be like, Oh, you're journaling. Oh, you're, you know, that's, that's, you know, we got your whole diary, you know, and kind of making fun of people. Right. Yeah. But as I have picked up a pen and started writing my thoughts down, or I'll use my social media to type things out, it enables me to unleash my feelings a little bit, uh, and unpack some of these things. And it frees up bandwidth. And I detach from my emotions a little bit. Cause I get it out there and I, Generally, I have great conversations, especially when I share it on social media. But just putting pen to paper and getting your thoughts out enables you to release some of those emotions. And I think that's that's really what I wanted to do. If if you're listening to this podcast, and I know that you're probably having a lot of anger and frustration. With what's going on? Is what are I wanted to kind of talk to you and and, and kind of talk about how do we control our anger and frustration and What are some positive outlets so we can remain in check? Because I think uh, uh, warriors and leaders need to be able to control our emotions if we're going to effectively lead. And you say this all the time. If you're going to lead, you got to lead yourself first. Well, you, you can't rationally lead yourself or anyone else, your family or your coworkers or anyone else in your circle who you influence. If you're angry and pissed off and frustrated, and if you're having these feelings where you feel that your livelihood and your service and your, 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 your identity is uh, affected by these things that we can't control, like, we're, we're, like our identity is wrapped up into what we're seeing on, you can't effectively lead, lead in every other aspect of your life. So that's kind of what I wanted to kind of steer maybe some of the podcast too, is how do we control our anger and frustration.
1: So AJ, I'm really, really glad that you brought up stoicism. So I actually had wrote uh, something a while back. And so along with my journaling, just because I have a blog and I'm a contributor to, you know, a a couple other different blogs um, that we have, I, I find myself that I'm constantly just writing things down, you know, and they might never, ever become anything. They might not become something, you know, an article or something that I'll actually put out there. Uh, but it's important for me to capture those. So I love that you talk about stoicism. and if I can, I just want I want to read something. I actually wrote this about two months ago when I was kind of dealing with some different things and I was trying to apply stoicism. And then also I'd listened to another podcast where um, I was with Ryan Holiday and a guest came on and basically he you know he just the guest that he had on said, "I just don't care. I don't care." You know, I just, things don't affect me because I just don't give a shit. Well, that's actually not what stoicism is, you know, in my opinion. Now, this is my opinion. So let me, you know, after that, I kind of wrote this. is Stoicism is not actually ignoring, suppressing, or shutting off emotions. Instead, it's being so aware of your emotions that you're able to recognize how they affect you. How they affect you can change your awareness and even how rational you are with dealing with situations. Therefore, to be a stoic, you need to understand yourself so well that when events happen, you know how the emotions will play into it. Having the mindfulness to deal with the set emotions so they don't cloud your judgment as you move forward. So, you know, the point is, is we're all going to have emotions. We're going to have emotions with everything going on in Afghanistan, with day-to-day life, with COVID. Like that's another thing too, the Delta variant. Like right now I'm like, are you kidding me. Right now. Like, <laughs> come on, man, how long are we going to do this? I was talking to my son, you know, last night, we were trying to coordinate some different things uh, for, you know, later this year. And I'm like, and he's like, yeah, but we don't know what's going to happen with the Delta variant. And I'm like, ah, I just wanted to <laughs> scream. I'm like, God, how long are we going to talk about this? Yeah. Um, but my point is, is that have you ever seen the movie uh, Bridge of Spies with Tom Hanks? I...
0: Don't no, I've seen many of his movies, but I okay. I've not that one.
1: So anyway, it's about this Russian uh spy that lived in America.
0: Yes, I did okay. see it.
1: Okay. Yeah. So there's one scene in there where the Russian, you know, they they capture the Russian spy he's on trial, you know, basically, you know, he's going to get the death penalty, you know, because he's been found to be a a spy on American soil. Tom Hanks is, you know, the one that has to defend him. And then it becomes this negotiation battle where we're trying to get one of our pilots back. This is based on a true story. We're trying to get one of our pilots back in exchange for this Russian spy. But anyway, (coughs) I apologize. Um, the before, you know, before kind of that started to transpire, the the negotiation for the trade agreement, this Russian spy is on trial and he's just calm as a cucumber. You know, he's just sitting there and Tom Hanks is in there. He's pacing around, you know, he's trying to prep him for, you know, uh, future questioning and everything else. And he's like, Tom looks at him, you know, Tom Hanks looks at him, the character, you know, he goes, are you not worried? And I remember the Russian spy, you know, he looks up, he goes, would it help? And I, you know, I've referred to that many times because, man, like, does this anger, this frustration, is it going to help with anything? You are having emotions. That's okay. No one's saying don't have that. You should have that. You should feel something. In fact, if you don't feel something, then maybe that's actually something you need to look into. But what are you doing with it? Are you just a, you know... As a lot of people, you know, are you just a keyboard ranger on there, you know, talking shit and just adding to the anger and the frustration that existing, or are you going to use that anger and translate it into something that's actually helpful? Are you going to reach out to an organization that's trying to help the people in Afghanistan, the interpreters, uh, the allies and everything else that are being hunted and persecuted in that country? Are you going to reach out to an organization, either offer services, um, offer money or anything else, or maybe consult, you know, consultation work? Are you gonna do that? Okay, I would encourage that. Find a sound organization first off. And there's a lot of different people and I've had a few different people that have said, well, I'm thinking about starting something. Man, that's gonna be tough. Um, you know, to actually start an organization during these times and that's going to be able to do something, you know, and, and reach the ability to do something. I would actually encourage people to instead to find good organizations and align with those that are already established that are, that are kind of trying to help. And some of them have been trying to do some of this stuff for years, helping interpreters with visas. There's a lot of organizations that have actually been doing that for a long time for Iraq and Afghanistan and actually, quite frankly, even other countries as well. Um, you know, get them visas so they can come to the United States. Um, so I would recommend reaching out to those. And then the other thing is reach out to other people and talk, have these conversations with them. Reach out and say, hey, you know, I know you're struggling. I know, you know, you have a lot of time invested and you've lost people or, you know. Let's just, you know, be frank, you've lost limbs, um, you've lost your mental health, you know, um, how are you doing? You know, let's get together, you know, if we can, you know, I'll I'll drive, you know, I'll, I'll start walking my way, you start walking yours and we'll, we'll meet in the middle and we'll drink some beer, we'll have some conversations, you know, um, you know, doing that, you know, so understanding that you have the emotion, there's nothing wrong with that. You're going to have it. You're going to have it with a lot of things, but what are you doing with it? I think is the important thing. And that's kind of what I've had to internally look at is, so it was, it was crazy. Jay, you reached out to me the morning before. So I was traveling all last week, last week, the last six weeks have just been absolute chaos. I've just been a one man, you know, one-legged band and ass kicking contest. It's been insane. (laughs) Like, you know, And, but I've had, you know, I told you that people have been reaching out to me and I had another, you know, just phenomenal buddy of mine, you know, he reached out and he's like, you need to do something, you know, you need to get on and, you know, do a podcast or do some kind of live feed and talk to people because people, you know, look at, you know, look to you for, you know, different reasons. And you always have a kind of a way of talking about things. So I was putting together and I was talking to a few other individuals about getting on StreamYard, maybe doing something live uh, because a podcast, you know just where we're at and always in pursuit. I didn't know if it'd fit, but you know, maybe, maybe I was just kind of making excuses. And then you reached out to me and you're like, hey, would you want to get on and do a podcast with me and talk about this? And I was like, oh man, yeah. perfect. Like that's, that's a perfect solution is, is, you know, you got a great platform. You have, you, know, you have great reach, you have great influence and everything else. And we can kind of combine resources and we can talk about this, you know? So this is a great example as well is, you know, this is something that you and I can control you and I can sit down and we can have this conversation and people will listen to it and hopefully it will help. Um, but the one thing is, is, and I'll, I'll say this and I'm, I'm probably going to be pretty brash in saying it is, is what's not helpful and what is not acceptable is getting lost in your emotions and in your feelings and making a decision, uh, that can never be reversed. Um, and that happens. Um, And we've seen that happen. And we've seen that with veteran suicide. Um, So, you know, everybody that's listening, you know, if you are struggling, the best thing that you can do is reach out and connect with somebody. And, you know, let's just, you know, the ugly truth is, is you might try to reach out to connect somebody and there might not be a bit of value added. They might not help you. Okay. That's okay. Not everybody is in a good place to help other people. Reach out again. Find somebody else. Reach out to me. You know, You can find me on any social media platform. Reach out to me and I will, I will respond. And even if I don't care, if I don't know you, that's okay. We will get to know each other. Um, You know, if you've worn the uniform or you've served our country in any capacity, I'm here and I will help you Um, because what we can't have happen is, is a bunch of veterans, you know, that just don't know how to deal with this stuff. And they they ultimately make decisions that just are irreversible. And then they leave a wake of questions and frustration and a whole nother level of anger um, because they make a decision that everybody else has to deal with. You know, and suicide, you know, I've said this before is it's a final decision for you, but it's just a start of a conversation for everybody else in a lifetime of struggle. Um, when somebody takes their life, your family, your friends and everything else, they're just left with the question of why didn't he call me? Why didn't they call me? Why didn't they reach out? And you never, ever escape that question. You know, the people that I've known, I've been very, very close to, you know, one of that I talk about is, is, you know, a friend, I grabbed lunch with him on a, on a Thursday and on Saturday morning, he took his own life. And I was like, why didn't he say anything? Like he seemed fine. And we were having, you know, just phenomenal conversations. We were talking about the future And I understand there's, there's elements of depression that tie into that. And, you know, we don't totally understand, you know, how depression affects the human mind, Uh, but it doesn't leave the question unanswered in my mind, you know, of, of, of why, you know? And uh, so the point being is, is those, those individuals, if you're struggling, just please continuously reach out until you find the help uh, that, uh, you know, we, that you need, because, we need you, we need you in this world and uh, we need you around, you know, and uh, that can be a decision you make.
0: Yeah. That, man, you touched on so many, so many great points. And I, I kind of want to go back to when we initially, when you initially start talking about stoicism, there's a movement of this zero F's given like stoicism is like, I don't give a shit about anyone. It's almost a form of self selfishness. But I think you're absolutely right. I, I think that's short-sighted. I think that we talk about stoicism. It's being able to detach from your emotions and channel that energy into something positive, or being able to action your emotions as a as opposed to letting it completely consume your actions. And I think that's what I really appreciate about Stoicism. And I think of like Marcus Aurelius, you know, it, one of the, the initial thought leaders when it comes to that, he'd studied Seneca and all these, these Stoic philosophers. You know, he was a great Roman general, right? A leader, a leader of, of the warrior class. And Stoicism to me is like, that's, that's a study of, of warrior mindset. You can't make good decisions when you're letting your emotions take over and control you. It's not saying I have zero S to give it's, I just have control and I'm going to channel my energy into something that I can control.
1: Um, I I laugh whenever I see somebody post that, you know, like, Oh, I really just don't give a shit about X, Y, or Z. Like if you really, really didn't actually care, you wouldn't even post anything. Yeah. You wouldn't actually even comment at all. You wouldn't say anything if you didn't care. So obviously you do care. So let's talk about it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But
0: I think that we need to do a better. When I see people making emotional outbursts and things like that, I, I see someone that has let their emotions take over. And it's not easy to do. It's not an easy thing to learn stoicism and practice it. I mean, I struggle with it still, but I get better. Every time that I exercise something, when I have that psychological discipline of, Instead of making an outburst, I'm going to go maybe go for a run, or pick up my pen and write something, or try to channel. It takes practice. It takes practice and practice and practice, and that's what I would encourage people to do. If you're feeling emotional, where you just want to lash out, you want to go in army WTF moments and just roast you, you know, all of these different. I, When I see veterans do that, it hurts my heart a little bit because I'm like, oh, I just wish we had the psychological discipline as a a military community to be just a little bit better in that area. And that, but it's something that takes, that takes practice. And, you know, when in high performance, one of the 10 human drives is the drive for control. And when I think about you you can only you have to control the controllables, control the things that you can control. And one of the things that's frustrating about, you know, the Afghanistan in, in our 20 years is that a lot of us didn't have uh, control over the policy. We served a little bit. Then we came back home. We didn't have control of the entire project. You know, so there we're all feeling a little frustration because at some capacity we have all contributed to this project, if you will. And the outcome isn't going the way anyone wants it to go. And so we're all feeling a sense of frustration because we all have skin in the game on this. And that's very, very frustrating. But what can you control? What are the things that you can control? Well, there's three areas in, in high performance we, that we can not control. We can, we can control our outlook in our character. Optimistic people tend to be happier people in general. So having a positive outlook, hunting the good stuff, you know, for all my... Army brothers and sisters out there listening to this, you've heard this term before, hunt the good stuff. So, what are some of the positives? The inventory the the positive things that have happened to you or the positive things as you participated in this campaign. What were some of those positive things? And what are what are some of the future positive things that we can bring to the table? And how can we channel our leadership because our in the military community, I think that our we we have We have a set of skills and we have learned a lot of things that we can contribute beyond the uniform. And I think it's incumbent upon all of us to contribute in some capacity. Our society needs leadership. And I don't care if you came in and and you were just a, you came in for three years and you got out as a specialist. You are probably uh, more competent in your leadership ability than when you first came in and you have skills, You've, you've learned something. How can you channel that into your community? So having a positive outlook and your character, the Army, the the, the military services, characters-based organization. Hopefully, I would say most of us are better when we left the military than maybe we were when we came in. We have have developed and and been a part of of an organization that was a values-based organization, and we've learned some things. And people that have good character tend to be more optimistic and happier in general. What else can we control? Well, we control new things in our life, the control for new. That's the the second thing in high performance we talk about is controlling the new. You can control uh, new things like taking on a new hobby or taking on uh, – I know I have a lot of friends that, that do martial arts, taking taking on it, – it. there's something humbling about going to a jiu-jitsu class and getting your ass kicked a little bit. You get humbled and you learn something new and you learn a little bit of resilience, you know. So control, you can control the new, try a new hobby. Maybe it's going to play an instrument or trying something new, but control something new in, in your life. Cause you can control that. And then the control for fulfillment, which just is the, the challenging one that I've kind of alluded to. It's, it's very difficult to control the outcome of what's going on in Afghanistan, uh, because it's, the outcome is not what we all wanted, but, uh, controlling the fulfillment you have for what you did contribute like identifying the positive when you were serving with your you know brothers and sisters in arms what was that relationship like have you reached out to them lately and, and talked about some of the good things what were some of the positive interactions you had with the 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 nationals that that you engaged with on the ground there because we've made an impact on so many people by just having conversations and being engaged with them Showing them our American ways, right? We American influences worldwide, right? Surely you've had a positive interaction. So those are some of the things that you can control. And then what you can't control, you influence or you persuade other people in a positive way. You have to improve your ability to influence and persuade. But controlling your emotions so you don't get down that path of when you let your commotion, your emotions consume you to a point where you want to take your own life. That's at a point where you're it's okay to go and seek help. And I have been there. I've been down that path of having the suicide ideation where I had to tap out and go see a therapist. And And I recall it. it was very difficult for me because I was in a leadership position. And I've been in a culture where when I initially came in the military, that was kind of like, eh, kind of looked down upon. I, I was worried that it would affect my career. But when it comes to my, I'm like, there's no way that I'm going to tap out for my kids because I know that that's a, permanent uh, solution to something that can be solved but it's going to require a lot of hard work but it's worth doing. I've had six people in my life, uh, five of them military, take their life and one family member. And that pain, I can compartmentalize a car accident or disease as tragic as that is. But when someone takes their life like you said, that it it's just like why? Like how did I miss it? What could I have done? And you're going to think about that the rest of your life. And there are so many people out there. And that's why it's important that, like you said, we've got to do our buddy checks now. And even to our strongest people, the people that you perceive to have their stuff together, because they're the ones that are probably the, hurting the most. They, they carry it very well. I, I, I did. I, I think many people would have known. If I would have taken my life, had I done that, I think it, it would have been a shocker. Because I was just one of those people. I, I just, big rucksack, I can carry it, right? And I'm just stoic face. but deep inside and on my own, you know, drive home from work crying, you know, no one's going to see that, you know, there's people out there. There's people out there. And if you're one of those people that need help, it's okay to ask for help. You reach out to Mike, you reach out to me. uh, There's so many resources out there that are willing to help you. So there's my little. uh,
1: (laughs) No, I love how you broke. I love how you broke that down, you know, into actual things that you can action you know, based off of the emotions and what you can control, and what you can't control. I think it was great, Jay. You know, and that just, you know, is a highlight of all the, the amazing things you're doing with the do hard things, you know, and I would, I would add that you look at the veterans of our generation and the amazing things they're doing in our society uh, from political office to, um you know, entrepreneur work, uh, influential work, you know, education services, all these different kind of things.
0: Oh, I, I want to bump it. When you say that you had one guest and I can't remember his name. He's trying to change the DMV. Yes. Uh, we can do
1: it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> change the world.
0: Cause if I yeah. never have to go to a DMV again, oh. all.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah, Matt Thompson. Yeah. Matt yeah. Thompson. He's a, he's an amazing guy. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I should probably follow up with him and see how the progress is coming. Uh, Anything actually- I can do to help, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Imagine if every veteran did that. Imagine if every veteran, you know, found a way to get involved in their local community, found a way to, you know, start a business or do something, you know, that, that contributes to the, you know, the greater good of, you know, the United States of America. Um, instead of, you know, what we see with some people is is that, well, I'm a veteran and now I'm owed this. Like, listen, Okay. <sighs> The Army paid you every day. The Army paid you for the work you did the month before. Oh, by the way, they gave you benefits that are, (laughs) they blow every other benefit that you could possibly have out of the water. Like, I mean, especially when you take the size of the United States military. Um, and the benefits that they provide all their service members, it's remarkable. Okay. Yeah. Maybe the line sucks sometimes. And maybe you don't always get the best providers. I understand that, but that happens everywhere. That's there. There's no such thing as the perfect hospital or the perfect provider. Like it just doesn't exist. Um, you know, so the point being is, is yes. Okay. You are, you know, you are entitled to some things, um, you know, and you get those things and you get benefits after, you know, you get out, but How are you continuing to invest um, and continuing to contribute because of all the investment that was made in you? You know, the army gave you all this—you know, leadership experience, uh, schools—you know, all the different kind of things that they did. Um, Are you continuing to play that forward? Are you? Are you just kind of sitting there, you know, being—you know—the the person that's just adding to these echo chambers of negativity? Um, You can't control it. And if you really, really just want to, then find a way to get involved, find a way to, you know, contribute or reenlist, you know, go back into the army, (laughs) you know, like, you know, there's, there's different things to do, but what more people just need to step up to the plate and make a difference. And, you know, like, okay, let's just perfect example right here. Okay. You're in uniform. Still, you're still serving our country and you host a podcast, okay? And you have an entire brand behind the do hard things and you contribute to people's lives. You know, part of that reason is, is because, you know, the high performance coach, you know, that, you, that you've that you started to do and, you know, kind of creating that and helping people become better leaders, um, you know, they're already performing at high levels, but there's ways to improve. There's ways to get even better at that. But then also, and how and how did you and I get connected? You and I got connected by one of your previous soldiers, a soldier that you had influenced. You had made a huge impact on, and then also the same exact thing happened for me. He, I made, you know, I made an impact on him. I influenced him as a leader, and then he connected us. So, also your podcast and what you do, you are continuing to influence these soldiers that no longer fall underneath your chain of command you know, and civilians and everything else that you've led through all these years of, you know, 20 plus years of leadership that you now have, you're continuing to mentor and develop them and provide them with something with what you're currently doing in the life that you're currently living. That's huge. That's huge. You know, and it's a benefit to a lot of different people because they respected you. um, They followed your lead and you inspired, you know, you inspired them, you provided them purpose and direction and all these different kind of things and you found a way to continue to do that how remarkable is that you know and you're not doing it in a, in a way that's derogatory you know you're not doing it in a way that's biased to you know what you feel and in your interpretation you're kind of taking an unbiased approach okay I'll, well maybe i'll disagree a little bit with some of your memes but that's just you know <laughs> i'm just giving you shit on that one but but my point is is that you know, you're continuing to do that and you're continuing to lead these people while you're still wearing the uniform and you're still influencing and, and, and providing leadership to a demographic right now. And I think it's just remarkable. And we need more people doing that kind of stuff. And if they don't know how or they don't know where, well, JTIGS is a great person to reach out to and find out how to do it.
0: <laughs> well, no, I appreciate that. I appreciate all the, the kind words. I, I think it's incumbent upon the veteran community. You know, we can serve in more capacity than just picking up a rifle and carrying a rifle around, right? We, yeah, absolutely. We have that was one of the things when, um, when I was looking at getting out, it was a very difficult decision for me to, to get out. But, uh, as I was having taken counsel with all my mentors, you know, many of my mentors were like, you know, stay in, tow the army line, continue to serve, you know. But I had one mentor in particular that told me, like, he was familiar with my coaching. He's like, Jay, you're going to be able to help so many more people with this new way that you're going. It's okay to take off the uniform. You found your next path. And that for me was huge because I didn't know what I was going to do for so long, but humans need, it's one of the 10 human drives is the sense of contribution. We feel really good when we're contributing in a creative way. When you figure out what it is that your art is or whatever it is that you do uh, that you're really good at, and you can contribute that and impact people. Um, we all have that in us in some capacity, and we all need to find that and figure out what that is. And I feel that so many veterans have so much of their identity wrapped up in the uniform. But for all of us, you do 20 years. I mean, you're ideally, you're hopefully, you're going to live for 80 years, right? It's maybe if you do a career, that should be maybe one quarter of your life. You still have so much more out there to give. It's not everything, and I think it's incumbent upon us to continue to find ways to serve and lead and yes the things that we're seeing on tv right now i don't know anyone that's cheering that on anyone that's participated no. in this in any capacity we cannot let this define us this is not the end all be all of america it's yeah we're no one is infallible to mistakes to include our country our country has made some mistakes but we are still the beacon of hope and light and freedom in this world and we as the veteran community there's that parable of the tug house, the, the tugboat and the lighthouse that we all need to be a lighthouse in our example. We cannot be running around taking our lives or decrying the government and acting like throwing a, a, a virtual temper tantrum. We need to step up and we need to lead and we need to dig deep within ourselves, control our emotions and figure out what to th- be prepared for that next mission. Whether that be in service uh, military service or service in a leadership capacity. Maybe it's just coaching literally, but being a role model for other people and telling our story, telling our yeah. story of how we impacted those individuals on on the ground in Afghanistan, how we interact with one another. We need to tell our story because there's, if we leave it up to the media, it's not going to be a pretty story.
1: <laughs> yeah, right? no, absolutely.
0: And whether that be through books and podcasts, positive projection on social media through your uh, just through your daily interaction and influence, but if we're running around drunk, high, wanting to kill ourselves, like that's not the way that we should be acting. And I know it's kind of brash to the point, but there's a lot of veterans that need to step it up and get their stuff together and realize that they did have positive contribution. There are people that can help them and look at how you can take this negative and live the remainder of your life in a positive way.
1: I agree.
0: So, yeah. <laughs> no, I Close. love it, man.
1: No, it's uh, there's nothing to add to that. That was beautiful.
0: <laughs> so uh, we're at about an hour. So is there anything else that you'd like to uh, talk about?
1: No, I mean, I, you know, Jay, I just really appreciate you bringing me on again, you know, and having this conversation. I think it'll, I think it'll benefit a lot of people. And then also, you know, I just appreciate your, you know, your continued work, you know, and the things that you're continuing to do, Um, you know, and we've created this kind of network of podcasters, which I just love, you know, you got you, you got Dale, Uh, You know, with uh, Lions Guide, Uh, we've just recently, you know, I know I've I've put you in touch with uh, United Valor, who's uh, getting ready to launch their book, The 20 Year War. I know he already sat down with Dale. I'm sitting down with him this week, uh, Tom Mementa and Don uh, Blakely, um, or Dan Blakely, sorry. Uh, You know, and then I got Ironside Podcast, you know, that's out in, uh, you know, Australia. You know, we got kind of this cohort of, uh, you know, podcasters where we're trying to kind of help each other out. And uh, I I just, uh, I look at you as kind of the, one of the leading people on that. And you're doing a lot of innovative things that I just absolutely love. And I just, I I love our ability to continuously talk, you know, you and I maybe go like a week or so or two weeks where we don't talk. And then we like, we're talking back and forth, like it's just you know, the military
0: this. way, right? You, yeah, you yeah, yeah, just you know, not see each other for months, then pick up like we just saw each yeah. other yesterday. That's how it rolls. You know, you know? we're, you we're know. all busy, but that's just how we how we roll.
1: But we're always just bouncing ideas off of each other. So you know, I just appreciate everything that you're doing, and I appreciate you having me on again. And you know, for uh, people that uh, you know love Jay, love do hard things podcast, um, I think you would also find a lot of uh, value and you know finding or subscribing to always in pursuit. Um, you know, where we have guests on and, you know, we do exactly what Jay's talking about. You know, we tell stories, uh, of these individuals, but more importantly, we dive into, you know, some of the adversity that they have to come over, you know, overcome and the tragedies that they've had to overcome, but how that's laid the foundation for later success. Um, you know, we're having a hell of a lot of fun doing it. You know, we, if anybody's looking for me and wants to, wants to connect, uh, alwaysinpursuit.org is, uh, is our website. You know, we have a newsletter, Uh, We have a couple different blog contributors that contribute to that. And, uh, you know, we're just, uh, we're on all social media platforms. You can find me at Michael S. Burke or Always in Pursuit uh, for the pages.
0: Yeah. Always in Pursuit is definitely one of my favorites. I listen to it regularly. It's right. If you like this podcast, you definitely need to go subscribe to Always in Pursuit because I think you would, uh, you would definitely love it. I know a lot of my people are listening to both, so it's great. And Lion's Guide is great. And uh, I mean, every... We've got, like you said, a great community of people doing similar work that we're all just kind of continuing to work together. And I, I see us continuing all to collaborate. And I don't know what the future holds for us, but I, I see, I don't know, I see some events or something going on where we're all kind of hanging out together, doing some stuff yeah. with, our, with our community. So we'll see where this all uh, ends up. But I appreciate you taking the time. When I was thinking about, I've been watching the news. And I'm like, man, there's so many things. i have I've typed so many things out. I've hit delete. <laughs> I typed it out, hit delete anger, frustration. Like, what can I do? Positive. I got a podcast. Who can I call? I'm going to Mike. You're the first oh, I person I thought it. of. How I can I get this that. thing? Cause I got a list of like guests and topics. I'm like, I need to get this out. There's so many people that are hurting. Who yeah. can I get to come on and have a great conversation and maybe help some people put some things in perspective. And you're, you're the first person I thought of. And I was, you said, great, let's do it. Cool. So here we are, we're, we're doing it. Uh, Uh, Not long after we threw it out there. So I appreciate you taking the time. The universe conspires somehow, like you said, you're you're, you're reeling with it yourself. So Um, before I close out the podcast, I would like to read a parable. Uh, One of my future guests and uh, Lieutenant Colonel Mike Irwin wrote this in his op-ed in uh, military.com. He wrote a beautiful piece about his time in Afghanistan and his thoughts. And in in a future episode, I'm going to get him on here to talk about that. He's the founder of Team Red, White, and Blue, which is an organization that's near and dear to my heart. But he talked about the parable of the starfish. One day, a man was walking along the beach when he noticed a boy picking something up and gently throwing it into the ocean. Approaching the boy, asked, hey, what are you doing? The boy replied, hey, I'm throwing starfish back into the ocean. The tide's going out, and if I don't throw them back, they'll die. Son, the man said, don't you realize there are miles and miles of beach and hundreds of starfish? You can't make a difference. after listening politely, the boy bent down, picked up another starfish, and threw it back in the surf. Smiling to the man, he said, I made a difference for that one. And uh, that parable to me, we all have made an impact. Like, like Like you said, Mike, if you've served with honor, you did your job, you made an impact on someone. On a fellow battle buddy, on an Afghan national, we all made a difference. And this isn't the outcome that we wanted but that doesn't define us. It doesn't define us. Uh, we're the American people. We're, we're so much better than what's going on. And I know that, uh, we just have to find, we have to be, uh, the role models and be the lighthouse and make a difference within our scope of, of what we can control and I, understanding what you can control and not letting your emotions control you is significant. And it's incumbent upon all of us veterans to, uh, to make a difference. Uh, one thing that I wanted to mention, there's a great book uh, by Eric Greitens called Resilience. Eric Greitens, he uh, is a former Navy SEAL. He was governor of Missouri for a very short time. Unlike most humans, not infallible to mistakes. He, uh, he had an issue and it was uh, basically had to resign. But it's a phenomenal book about him and one of his Navy SEAL buddies who his Navy SEAL buddy was, was, didn't have purpose beyond the military. And it was basically a series of letters from him with stoic philosophy to his, who his, to his uh, counterpart, who was basically a suicide ideation, alcoholic, and how he kind of righted that uh, around. It's a phenomenal book, and I would encourage all veterans to go check it out. It's a book called Resilience by Eric Reitens. Uh, There's so many organizations out there. Team Red, White, and Blue is one that's near and dear to my heart. Team Rubicon, Mission Continues, American Legion. I mean, there's so many veteran organizations. Get involved, get involved, get plugged in. Reach out to your veteran buddies and family members. And, uh, you know, there's a Veterans Crisis Line. If at the end of the day you're just by yourself and you don't want to talk to anyone, the Veterans Crisis Line is 1 800 273 8255. But I would encourage you to reach out to a battle buddy before you do that. But if you need to, you're at you and you just don't know where to, where, what to do, Veterans Crisis Line, 1 800 273 8255. But just remember, there's, there's, man, we, It just, it pains me to, that we have this issue. We have so much left to give and we just, it's a, it's a, we just need a shift in our mindset. And, uh, I don't know, Mike, what, what you got, anything else?
1: No, I I love the parable and I love everything that you said, you know, and it, it does, it pains my heart. Actually, it's the thing that pains my heart the most is, is that, you know, there's, there's veterans out there that are struggling and, uh, you know, for whatever different reason, you know, they're not reaching out. So at the end of the day, if you're listening to this, you know, Jay and, and I care, um, and we want to help you um, in any way possible. Um, so you just need to reach out and let us know and uh, we'll get you the help you need. We've all been there. Jay talked about how he's been there. I've, you want to hear some, uh you want to hear some uh, unfiltered, no bullshit dealing with depression and struggles and tragedy and everything else. uh Listen to episode, uh, you know, 12 or 13 and 14 of, uh, always in pursuit, uh, where I, where I talk about my, my shit and what I had to deal with, I've, I've been there and, uh, I've struggled a lot. Um, yeah. but, it, it, it was a hard journey, you know, it was, but it was one that I'll be eternally grateful because I, I took it head on and I had some people that I trusted and people that I could rely on, um, that I didn't think, you know, would necessarily be there for me, but they were in the end and they, they helped me through some stuff. So, um, Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. Yeah.
0: No, this is what's incredible of being in the organization for as long as I've been, you know, to see an active duty star major open themselves up the way you did. That's leadership. That's what we need to be. We need to have more of that because I know I've suffered in silence and there's so many more that have. And, uh, we've got to, we've got to be stronger than that. And, And that's, that's a sign of strength. So on that, um, I appreciate your time, Mike. This was a great conversation. For those listening, if uh, please share the message of, of this podcast. Share it with someone who needs to listen to it. Definitely subscribe to, to the Do Hard Things podcast and Always in Pursuit. And if there's anything that Mike and I can do, just check out the show notes. You can link directly to us we'd be happy to talk to you or get you pointed in the right direction to help you out. At the end of the day, we're all soldiers in this fight and uh, the fight continues. we got to be ready for the next mission. So despite what's going on in the world today, control our emotions, get ourselves in check and uh, get ready for the next thing. So appreciate you, Mike. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Do Hard Things podcast. I hope that you found some value and benefit of this podcast. And if you appreciated it, please take a moment leave a review. It goes a long way to getting the word out about the podcast or trying to spread some positive messaging. And if you have any comments for myself or Sergeant Major Mike Burke, please go into the show notes and you can feel free to reach out to us on various social media platforms. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe and support the always in pursuit podcast where he's doing some great things over there. I'm one of his uh, guests as well. And he has a, uh, he's basically doing the same type of thing, same mindset. So uh, please go give him a listen and support his pursuits as well. And I would love to hear your comments, feedback, please subscribe, support. And yeah, I I think that this is a great podcast to share with anyone who has served uh, in Afghanistan, who may be, you know, having difficulties with their emotions. And and hopefully that this gives a, some new light and direction and perspective to someone that may be dealing with those myriad emotions. You know, the great human dynamic, that's just one of the variabilities. We have emotions and it's some of the hardest things that we do is, is channeling them into a positive way. So please share this podcast with someone who may need to listen to it. Appreciate your support. Thank you so much for tuning in. In the meantime, keep doing hard things and we'll see you in the next episode.